Welcome to another edition of Bucky's Bunker here on our Miami Valley Golf Podcast. The purpose of these podcasts is to record stories of our game's rich history, interview interesting people, and share information to help us all enjoy this wonderful sport just a little bit more. In today's podcast, we interview Bob Zimmerman. Welcome um, our guest to this uh, edition of Bucky's Bunker, Bob Zimmerman, um, and thank you for being here. Um, Bucky, I know that you've uh, been busy prepping uh, lots of questions uh, for Bob, so why don't you take it away? <laughs> and I know the answers to many of them. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. But not all. <laughs> I first I first met Bob one day, who was Bobby Zimmerman at that time because he was a young guy uh, when he uh, was working or not working. Were you working at Moraine when he did that photo shoot out there? Uh, yes, <clears throat> yes, I was. It was uh, what was the fellow's name? Bill. Bill Shepard. Yeah, Bill Shepard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bill Shepard came out from the uh, Daily News to shoot pictures of Bobby, uh-huh. and. Uh, so uh, they sent me along. I don't know why they sent me along, because Bill Shepard was a veteran photographer and so forth, but they sent me out there. And what I remember about it is that we were taking pictures, or Bill was taking pictures, of Bobby hitting uh, shots out of the bunker. And I had never seen a camera before that could stop the golf ball like that. And he would be lined up right with Bobby and Bobby would stick that ball in the air and Shepard Shepard uh, and I remember the pictures and boy it was they were really good pictures I, and that I was the that, first time we met I have that picture oh you do huh yeah and yeah. What, what year would have that been gents that would have been probably 19 well I was at Moraine uh, from uh, 1960 uh, through 62 okay okay so the early 60s then yeah, early sixties, uh-huh. Yeah. And so so then uh, Bobby uh, uh, Bobby had a had a great career. We'll talk about that first. Uh, it, it, when he was in high school at Fairmont, um, he won the city match play championship at the age of sixteen. And uh, he beat a guy named John Blezai, who was very well known in Dayton and a really good amateur golfer. He beat him four and three at Walnut Grove. And then they, uh, the next year, they played the tournament at Wright Patterson. And Bobby went to the final before uh, before he lost to Jack Zimmerman, who was no relation to him, uh, four and three at Wright Patterson. So he was a finalist the first two years he was in the tournament when he was that young. And then in 1958, uh, he won the Ohio High School Golf Championship by 12 strokes in Columbus uh, with scores of 76 and 70. And his Fairmont team that year was a runner-up. Now, Bob was telling me the other day that he felt like he played his high school golf career in the shadow of Jack Nicklaus because Jack won the individual title in 1956 and 57. This is a high school championship, and he was playing for Upper Arlington High School, and and Bobby finished fifth in 1956 and was runner-up to Nicholas in 57. And then when Nicholas graduated and moved on in 58, uh, Bobby won the high school championship. Are those fond memories for you? Uh, oh, very much. I, I think of them quite a bit. <laughs> and you, you've run into Nicholas many times over the years, have you not? 
Oh, yes. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to play with uh, Jack a few times. As a matter of fact, I played with him when they used to have the American Golf Classic uh, up in Akron at Firestone. Okay. I, I played with him there, and then uh, <clears throat> when I was on the senior tour, uh, I uh, in the Players' Championship up in Dearborn, uh, I happened to shoot 68 the first day and was leading the tournament. And Jack came in the locker room, came right over to me and shook my hand and said, congratulations on a great round and keep it going. And then <clears throat> he went and changed his shoes and so forth and came back and sat down with us for an hour. And we had a, had a nice conversation and so forth. Jack's, Jack's been always very, very nice to me and so forth and very complimentary when you do something, whatever. But we played a lot of junior tournaments from age well, 12 all the way through 18. So I, I got to got to see him play and play with him uh, quite a few times. And uh, I think if uh, if he was in his prime today, I think he would be the longest driver by about 20 yards. <laughs> I always tell the story of uh, uh, when, when I played with him uh, when I was a junior and he was a senior up in the state high school tournament, the ninth hole which in those days at Ohio State was a pretty long haul, 465 par 4. And I had a good drive and a four-wood, and I made the front edge, and Jack had a drive and a sandwich. (laughs) 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 So that gives you an idea. Well, he was assuming. just really long. He was really heavy at that time, wasn't he? They yeah, called him yeah, Fat yeah. Jack, I know, when he came on the tour. Yeah, yeah, he, he was he was heavy, and then he slendered down and so forth when he got on the tour. And I was lucky enough. I played in three of his Open wins. I played in three of those uh, U.S. Opens that, uh, that he won. Yeah, and you, you played in six altogether, did you not? Yeah, US I played, Opens? played four U.S. Opens and two uh, two senior Opens. Uh-huh. I played in uh, 17 major tournaments, yeah. Never did play in the Masters, but, uh, you know, I played in the British Senior Open uh, a couple times. And, uh, matter of fact, the one year, I think it was 91 or 92, I shot 69 the first day and was the only score in the uh, 60s the first day I finished. The two years in the British Senior Open, I finished 13th and 15th. So that was a lot of fun playing over there. I'll bet. What did you have to do to qualify to play over there? Well, you had to go over and uh, play 18-hole qualifier. Mm-hmm. And they they would take like, uh, you know, like 10 or 12 people, so forth. I think I shot 74 or 5 or something like that to qualify, and I think 77 qualified. And then I made the cut. So the next year I didn't have to uh, qualify. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... But no, that was a, that was a great experience. Uh, you know, we're still in touch with with friends that we met over there uh, back in the nineties, and, and they're they're in their nineties now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We're we're all approaching the nineties. <laughs> uh, yeah, getting closer. Yeah. Hey, uh, what years did you work as assistant as an assistant to Tommy Bryant at Marine Country Club? I was there in 1960, 1961, 1962, and then I went in the Army in uh, December of 62 for two years, and then when I got out of the Army in 64, I went back to Moraine for that fall, 
and then uh, the members of Moraine sponsored me on the tour. Oh, that's how that uh, came to pass. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, uh, were you drafted into the Army, or did you uh, uh, sign I, up? I volunteered for the draft. I was about ready to be drafted, so I just volunteered for the draft. Oh, okay. Okay, I was wondering why, because that was a critical time in your golfing career uh, to have to stop and spend two years in the Army. Well, that was, because that was my, 1962 was, if I, if I would have gone on the, on the tour in 1962, I think I would have done a lot better, because that was my best year. I, I, uh, I had 45 straight rounds under par that year. <laughs> and, you know, which and not a lot of people can say that. No, no, no. <laughs> and I qualified for the uh, Open uh, also that year, which was uh, at Oakmont in 1962. So that was a really good year. And then, well, I had to go in the Army. When I came out of the Army, I wasn't quite as good a player. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as... Go ahead. Tell, tell us a little bit, if you will, about your uh, your couple of years in the service and what you did and where. Well, I was I was uh, I was very fortunate in the service. I uh, <clears throat> the one reason I volunteer volunteered for uh, the, the draft was a friend a friend of my dad's uh, was a colonel in the uh, army at Fort Meade, Maryland, and. Uh, <clears throat> I uh, I had talked to him, and he said after I got a basic training, he'd had me transferred over to Fort Meade, and I'd be in special services there and could work in the golf shop and so forth. Well, um, the I was supposed to go to Fort Fort Knox, and it was filled up, and that was Second Army, so I wound up at Fort Jackson and Third Army down in Carolina. And uh, he couldn't get me transferred back up to the Second Army. So uh, I met a friend that I played uh, uh, against in in high school who was a lieutenant. And he told me, he says, you know, I've got this friend over in Atlanta, Georgia, Fort McPherson. And uh, let me give him a call and maybe he can do something for you. Well, at the time, my brother was getting married, my older brother, so I took three days leave, and I came back uh, to Fort Jackson, and my orders had been canceled there and transferred to Atlanta, Georgia at uh, at, uh, 3rd Army Headquarters, which was, you know, mainly all officers, generals and colonels and so forth, so I was very fortunate that I got to spend two years at Fort McPherson, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, in special services, and and had a pretty good duty. I was the assistant pro at the golf club there, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it worked out really good for me. And then um, uh, Colonel Franklin, he got me out uh, three months early, so I could uh, come back to Marine and then get ready to go on the tour. So I, I uh, I'm one probably one of the few people that uh, years after getting out of the service, I. When I went to Florida every year, I always stopped in to visit. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you uh, when you finally went to the tour, then you were sponsored by uh, thirty seven members of Marine Country Club, from what I've read in the past. That's correct. Yes, that's correct. Uh, and you you played that year in thirty two tournaments. 
Uh, no, I played 24. Oh, 24? Okay. I have that wrong. Then. I made 12 uh, cuts. You made 12 cuts, huh? Okay. It's hard to find things. You know, the other day I thought, well, I'm going to try to look up some of the stuff about Bob and gee whiz. I've got media guys a long way back, but they don't go back quite that far. <laughs> so anyway, you uh, you uh, you made uh, I think you had according to the book you made twelve thousand five hundred seventy one dollars. Does that sound right? Uh, it's close. I made uh, official money. I made sixteen thousand. Okay, that was uh, uh, and I finished sixty uh, sixth on the money list. And I wound up uh, rookie of the year, or runner up to rookie of the year to Merrill Blancas. Oh, oh, okay. oh. Uh, Now, uh, the same year, now just to show you what happens to people, you play with Nicholas, you know, your senior year in high school. And that year, uh, when you started uh, on the tour, Nicholas won the, ma- won the Masters, his first Masters, and and earned one hundred and forty thousand dollars. Does that make you sick? <laughs> well, you know Nicholas's first tournament. You know what he won, don't you? Nothing. Yeah, he did. His first, his first tournament was Los Angeles Open uh, when he first turned pro in nineteen sixty-two, and he won thirty-three dollars and thirty-three cents. Oh, <laughs> yeah! Didn't he finish dead last or something like that? Yeah, he got last place money. In those days, they only paid 50, 50 places. <laughs> he got last place money. So I didn't miss it by too much when I said no. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were close. <laughs> and then uh, a few months later is when he uh, won the, his first tournament on the on the tour with, uh, that he won was the U.S. Open in, uh, in Oakmont, 62. Uh-huh. That was when he beat uh, Palmer, right? Yeah, he beat Palmer in the playoff. That's correct, yeah. yeah. I actually led that tournament. Is that right? Is yes, right? I birdied the first two holes. Oh, well. <laughs> hey, that's better than Bogey in the first two. <laughs> well, uh, you uh, I'm trying to figure out the, my order of the way things happen with you. Uh, uh, now, you after the after your first year there, you go back to you play another year on the tour, the full year. Yeah, I played, actually, I played, uh, I played 19... Um, 65, 66, 67. So I played three full years, and I played the winner, winner of 68. Uh-huh. And then what happened then at the end of that? Well, I, after I uh, after I got off the tour, then I I went down to uh, Hidden Valley Lake, and I was the uh, head pro there for for three years. Oh, that's, and, uh, that's a part I've not seen. In- yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, down in uh, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Heard of that. Yeah. I, I saw something about you had been an assistant at a at a club in Florida someplace. Does that ring a bell at all? In Florida? Yeah. Uh, no, not really okay. in Florida. Maybe that was somebody confusing Hidden Valley with Florida. <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's see. I, I, I'm trying to then I, I got off. I got. If you want to go from there, I got off yeah, the tour, and uh, and then I went to work there, and then after that, I uh, I went went to work as a sales rep for uh, Ram Golf and Dexter Shoes. Uh-huh. I, so I did that for a number of years. I, would you have still? 
been a sales rep. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just wondering, would you have been a sales rep still in the early 90s for Ram and uh, Dexter? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, right, right before I went on the uh, senior tour. Okay. Right. That's because I probably met you at that point because I would have been down in Cincinnati at that point. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah you're, you're absolutely right. Okay. Yeah, Steve, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Bucky. I didn't. I was just just yeah, trying to. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. Uh, uh, Bobby, t- tell the story about uh, uh, when you were uh, you were hoping to get the the head uh, professional job at Marine. Yeah. And you told me that was your uh, dream job. Well, that's that's very true. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, I, uh, what happened was is. Uh, I, uh, Tommy Bryant retired in 1973, and uh, I'd been away from there for for a few years, and um, so they had 17 people apply for the job, and I was the last one to be interviewed on a Saturday evening, and there were five uh, five people on the interviewing committee, and three of them, I thought, pretty sure were on my side, the other two I wasn't too sure about. Well, anyway, the one guy that was definitely uh, for me, would have voted for me, uh, see, on Saturday uh, was the interview, and the next day on Sunday he died. <laughs> oh, that's so, bad luck there. <laughs> so obviously I, I did not get the job. I came in second to Rudy Giproni, and and one of the reasons I think that, that Rudy got the job, and I'm not taking anything away from him because he was a very, very fine golf professional, but at that time, Jack Ortman was the kingpin here in Dayton, Ohio, and Rudy had worked for Jack Ortman at the time, and I think Jack, uh, you know, helped getting that job. So, Bucky, might I ask a question? Would that be all right? Yeah, yeah, you can so, one in there. So, so, no, 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 no I, I just, it's a little off topic, but, you know, I, I, I don't know too many people that actually knew Tommy Bryant, um, and I was wondering if you could share any reflections, Bob, as to, you know, how he was. I know he's a small person. I know he was instrumental in getting the PGA there in 45. I also know he was instrumental in starting our section with uh, – Gene Marshy, but but what was he as a person? What was he as a man? Well, he was a very busy man. He, he was always uh, doing something, uh, and he went into partnership with uh, uh, George Campbell. Okay. And the real estate business, and, and they wound up buying, uh, uh, like, a bunch of land up where the Dayton Mall is now. They bought it for... A hundred dollars an acre and sold it for a hundred thousand an acre. Okay. <laughs> and then up up in the corner of uh, Far Hills and Dorothy Lane, there's a uh, Arrow Wine store there. It's all Arrow Wine now. There used to be like five or six stores there and a couple apartments behind that. They also bought that. Okay. So I I always you know Tommy was great to me and Tommy was great to everybody. We we had an actual game every Friday. Play at NCR one Friday, and we'd play at uh, Moraine the next Friday, and we'd play against uh, Rudolph okay. and Podolski. Okay. And uh, Jim Baker was there, so we had a match between them every Friday, 
and and Tommy Tommy was like a seventy five golfer at that time. Okay. But Tom, Tommy was a great putter and always made like three or four birdies around. And I don't think we ever lost him. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. But I always tell the story, which I think is a great story about Tommy Tommy Bryant. Tommy started at Moraine, and his salary was $2,700 a year. And he was there like 35 years. And his last year, his salary was still $2,700 a year. Huh. And he wound up a multimillionaire. <laughs> I think that's a great story. It's an exceptional story. <laughs> and did he, was he satisfied with that because he had made so much money, you know, in real estate? Yes, yes. I mean, you know, he never, you know, he, he was doing so well in, in real estate and so forth and had these checks coming in all the time. And uh, he, he never asked, he never asked for a raise. For heaven's sake. And, that, <clears throat> and I wouldn't, that's, that's, that's a true story, too. Yeah. And his revenue uh, would have changed a bit because I'm assuming golf carts started to come in. Oh yeah, he had he had the golf carts, and you know, but but he did tell me this year. He says it's all the years yeah. that he had worked at Moraine Country Club. He had, off of the job at Moraine Country Club, he never had a year where he made over twenty thousand. Yeah, that doesn't. My goodness. Me. Yeah, and he wound up a multi-millionaire. So you know, and he got, you know, a lot of the members there, as you know, there's a lot of wealthy people at Moraine Country Club, and. And he got a lot of tips on some good investments and stuff like that and so forth, which also, also helped out. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think this is right. When when uh, NCR Country Club opened, I think Tommy was the pro at NCR and Burin Bulls. That's right. For two years, he had uh, he had both of them for two years, and uh, he did pretty well there because he sold a lot of golf clubs at uh, both places. Of course, you know. In those days, Ock Willoway was the McGregor salesman, and, and this was McGregor country here, so uh, he sold a lot of McGregor clubs. Mm-hmm. Hey, before we uh, get too far into this and then have to shut it down, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, you coming back to Dayton this year after being in Florida for like, living in Florida for like 23 years, yeah. something like that, and uh and uh, what caused you to come back to Dayton, and what are you going to be doing? Well, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of reasons. Uh, one, uh, the main reason is, uh, you know, my wife and I, we're getting a little older. We're both going to be 80 years old this year and so forth. So I wanted to be close to family, and, and we have a son here uh, who was, has done very, very well, and he has his own flooring business, and it's, probably one of the top in the state of Ohio. But anyway, that's that's the main reason. The other reason, I started my career at uh, Community. My dad was obviously a, a good player, and I started my career at nine years old at Community, and I wanted to end my career at Community and do some teaching. So, so I've already started teaching a little bit uh, they just opened the range a couple of weeks ago and so forth, so now we're allowed to do some teaching. So my plan my plan this, uh, this summer is to teach two or three days a week uh, uh, at community. And, uh, you know, I was really looking forward to that. The other reasons we came up here is because of the cost down there. Just to give you uh, one little item, uh, car insurance in Florida, 
I was paying $2,000 a year, and car insurance here, I'm paying $500 a year. Gee whiz. So that was that was another big difference. Plus our condo in Florida, we were paying seventeen. We were renting, paying seventeen hundred dollars a month, and here we got a little smaller place, but just as nice. We're paying nine fifty. So mm-hmm. those are ba- basically <laughs> the reasons that that I came came back to Dayton. And, 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 uh, and t- uh, tell us about the, your love for community too, and how close you lived to community when you grew up. Yeah, we lived uh, one block away. Uh, I used to, in the summer times, uh, I just walked down the alley and at eight o'clock in the morning and I'd play golf uh, until supper time and I'd come home at supper time. And then uh, my dad and I would go down and hit some balls and I'd shag for him. And on Saturday and Sunday, I caddy for him. <laughs> so we, uh, they lived in that house for like 45 years. And the house is still there, and you know, and I, and we had it done all in Naughty Pine, and, and I, I hadn't been back there for all these years. So I, a couple of weeks ago, I went and I knocked on the door, and I just told the lady at the dance of the door that I used to live there, and I just, I didn't want to go in, but I just wanted to see if it was still all Naughty Pine. And she says, "Yeah, it's still the same." <laughs> so, so yeah, it was kind of kind of neat being that close, and I guess that's that's why I got into the golf business. And you know, I really had in my mind when I was very young, at twelve years old, that I wanted to spend my life in the golf business because my dad worked at NCR for thirty five years and um, really wasn't too happy about it. But he had a job, and he brought a check home every week, and he always taught us boys that. The most important thing is to get into something that uh, that you enjoy in life, and so uh, that's how I kind of got into the golf business, and uh, and I've enjoyed it all these years being around golf and playing golf and having the opportunity to play with Hogan, Snead, Nicholas, Player, Palmer, Torino, Lehman, Littler, Casper, all those great players. <laughs> so you know, it's not often that. Uh, people can say that they've had the opportunity to play with all those great players. Yeah. When you were, when you were uh, over at community, Harry Schwab was the pro, right? Yeah. Harry was the pro. Give us a few, uh, at least one Harry Schwab story. So we, we, we did a thing on the Schwab family recently and, uh, but I just remember seeing Harry standing in the pro shop there and, and uh, never said much and wandered out to the practice tee and gave a couple of lessons, but I really never got to know him because I was just too young, I guess. What what, do you, what are your memories of Harry? Uh, good or bad? <laughs> oh, both. both. <laughs> Harry, Harry, was, Harry was, a, was a really a great golfer. You know, he, he won the seniors. Yes. I don't know if you know that. He won yeah. the PGA seniors like in... 46, uh, 1950 or yeah. early 50s, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And he, he was he he was really a great golfer, but he was he was kind of a, kind of a grumpy person and uh, didn't like kids, huh. and and didn't like me because I could beat his son Tim. Uh, 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 <laughs> I shouldn't say he didn't like me, but I mean he wasn't too fond of me. But every time the pro junior came around every year, he always got me as a partner, and we won it every year. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake! And was that was that in the uh, uh, in the uh, 
section or something? Yeah, that was the, the, in, the, in the chapter. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Maya Valley chapter, you know, uh, you know, all the courses in this area mm-hmm. and so forth. And they used to play that at Dayton Par and Light every year. And uh, we wanted, uh, I played in a wedding three years. We wanted all three years. Oh, I'll be darned. Yeah. Well, Harry was a, one of the great athletes in Dayton history, I guess. He was a great basketball player, and he was yeah. a pro baseball player. He, he must have been really something. Well, he was a good athlete, but I, I'll tell you, uh, which you may or may not know, my father, you know, they used to call him Bones. Yeah. And uh, he, he played uh, semi-pro football, basketball, baseball, went to the finals of the Golden Gloves in boxing. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And uh, his first year of playing, he didn't start playing golf until he was in his 30s. His first year, he was shooting in the 70s. And in 19, and when he was 57 years, he died when he was 61. And, 50, and when he was 57 years old, he shot the course record at Community. At that time, he shot 64. Wow! For heaven's sake! Yeah. So he, he was he was he was a really really good athlete. Played played the basketball for NCR. Was he born in Dayton? He was born in Mansfield, Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then moved here uh, as a young man. Yeah, moved here as a young man, went to work for, for NCR, and worked for them for 30, 35 years, yeah. Bobby, could you talk a little bit about your family? I know you've got some brothers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, uh, you know, most people in Dayton, Ohio, uh, know uh, Mike Zimmerman. Mike was a uh, pro at, uh, at Kitty Hawk for, uh, well, from 81 until he had the accident in uh, 88. Okay. And, and Mike, uh, Mike was every bit as good a player as myself, uh, if not better. But Mike never had a desire to travel and to play the tour, whatever. He was just happy to be here around town. And for, I'm going to say, for eight or ten year period, he was the best player in, uh, in probably southern Ohio. Definitely yeah. in, uh, in Montgomery County. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so... Uh, yeah, it was a shame and um, what happened to him because he was a young man at the time at 42. And um, uh, my birthday, the, the year that he passed away, my birthday was on a Tuesday and he passed away on that Sunday before Tuesday. And I had talked to him about, you know, he and I going together as a co-pro at, uh, at Kitty Hawk and, you know, he thought that was a good idea and so forth. And I found out later after he had passed away that he was going to come to my house that, that Tuesday for my birthday and he was going to ask me to come in with him at Kitty Hawk. For heaven's sake. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's amazing how... You, uh, did you have another... You have an older brother, too? Yeah, I had an older brother, Bill. Yeah, he never did... Uh, he never played played sports at all. And... Um, he worked. Uh, he worked out at uh, Wright Patterson, so he had a he had a successful career and so forth. And he passed away <clears throat> of a heart attack. Uh, I think it was in like two oh eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing we did. One thing we haven't talked about is your uh, uh, career on the senior tour. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, uh, Bill Easton uh, and I became 
with Midwest Seafood, Bill Easton and I became really good friends, played a lot of pro-ams together, starting at, I guess I was probably 45, 46 when I met him. And Bill, uh, he kept on telling me, he says, you, you know, you got to play in the senior tour. You got you to gotta try to get on the tour because otherwise, you know, you're not going to be satisfied. So I said, Bill, I don't want to go out there. I, you know, I played the record run. You got to go. You got to go. Anyway, make a long story short, he sponsored me on the senior tour, uh, and he caddied for me and traveled with me. Didn't know and, that. Uh, and and he just had a he had a great time, and uh, I uh, I got to know the guy pretty well that that made the money clips for the tour players, so I got. Uh, I got him to make a money clip for Bill. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, so Bill, you know, Bill, they actually thought for a while that Bill was the player <laughs> and I was the caddy. Because <laughs> he was in the locker room with, with all the players and so forth. He got to know all the officials really well. And probably two or three nights a week, he'd take all the officials out for dinner and so forth. And he was just one of the boys. Yeah, didn't they call Bill a fish man? Yeah, the fish man. Yeah, yeah. the fish man. And, <laughs> and he had a great a great tournament here uh, at Sugar Valley. Had uh, one of the fellows uh, pass away on the senior tour camp charity tournament. And <clears throat> what we did is uh, he had the tournament at Sugar Valley right between the senior tournament in Indianapolis and the senior tournament at uh, uh, Lexington. Okay. So he sent a he sent a bus over and picked up uh, like twenty senior tour pros, brought them to Dayton, and and had this tournament there, and then uh, paid them all six hundred bucks, and then he bust them and had a big meal that night with lobster and fish and everything and so forth and shrimp and so forth and then he, he bust them down to Lexington the tournament there so we had the last the, we had the last two winners of uh, the senior tour tournament play in this outing at Sugar Valley I can't uh-huh. I can't remember uh, that vaguely what year would have that been you think Bob uh, let's see that would have been probably 95 okay Okay. Yeah, I was there. I, I still I remember tasting that lobster. <laughs> yeah, yeah I tell you that was that was fantastic and, and what he did and so forth. And the other thing he did, uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of guys, uh, kind of like me, that really weren't on a staff and stuff like that and so forth. Uh, uh, that he would buy shirts, sweaters, gotcha. slacks caps, uh, you name it, and he would uh, have his logo put on and he would give them to like 20, 30 different guys on the senior tour. Yeah. And then the qualifiers on Mondays for the senior tour, uh, they didn't have any money. Uh, you know, they had four qualifiers, but they didn't pay him any money. Right. So Bill started uh, sponsoring that and putting up a couple thousand dollars every week for that, so he did an awful lot for uh, for a lot of people. A very good-hearted person was very good to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he he was he's a good man. He's living down in Florida now, 
retired. I still talk to him about once every month or so. Well, I'll be darned. Yeah. I had, I had a daughter who played basketball on a team with his daughter. Yeah, she was a good basketball player. She was. She's done great. She, yeah. uh, she uh, went into the fish business down in Florida and Orlando, and she uh, uh, went to work for Red Lobster and bought fish for Red Lobster for the whole world. My goodness. That's now, a great job. And now she's even got a better job. And her husband took her job. <laughs> so she, travels, she still travels the whole world. Wow. Oh, my With goodness. All, all because of Bill. She learned the business from Bill and so forth and what he did, whatever. So so they've done uh, they've done very well. I, I, I still see the, there's a Midwest uh, down on uh, in Springboro. There's a store that's still Yeah, that's the, that's the same business, but Bill sold it, isn't that right? Yeah, Bill, yeah, Bill sold it. He sold the business a number okay. of years ago, yeah. Okay. okay. Well, let's talk just a little bit about your senior tour experience and and, uh, and what happened to you on the senior tour. Okay, well, I, I played the, uh, I qualified uh, for the senior tour, first of all, in, in uh, 94. Um, and I got in a playoff. They had eight spots and eight alternate spots. And uh, uh, you remember the football player, John Brody? Yeah. Well, he and I played off in the last spot. And, oh. and I beat John in the second hole in a playoff to get the last spot. So I got to play in 17 tournaments that year. And then uh, I didn't, uh, he had to finish in the top uh 31 to be exempt, so I had to go back to qualifying school the next year, and then I finished uh, ninth uh, and, and got uh, got in uh, 28 tournaments that year, and then a couple years after that, I stayed out there and qualified. And all total, I played in about 60 tournaments, played in about 120 tournaments between the regular tour and the uh, senior tour, and I had a couple top tens out there. And then uh, I led the, uh, the senior uh, player championship after the first round. I think I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I led the uh, the British senior tournament after the first round. Uh, shot 69 there, the only person to break 70 that day. So uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Met a lot of people, and one of the one of the greatest things out there that uh, you know memories for me is is the pro ams, the people that I met in the pro ams. Uh, still in contact with some of those people that uh, that I played with, and uh, that's how I wound up. Uh, I represented the villages, which I think everybody's familiar with the villages down in Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I represented them for three years on the uh, senior tour. And uh, the way I got with them was through the Pro-Am. I met one fella in in, uh, in uh, Nashville that I played with. He was an architect for some of the buildings in the villages, and he had a tent on the 18th tee. And, of course, you know, I played with him in a Pro-Am, so he invited me and my wife in the, in the tent. And uh, I got, and he invited uh, the owner of the villages up there, and uh, that's how I got to meet uh, meet him. And then the next year, um, I had to qualify again for it. And I made a 
20-foot putt on the last hole, and the qualifier is shoot 68, the qualifier for the tournament. And here the owner was there again in the tent, and uh, I was playing with Trevino that day, and I made a really nice putt on the last hole and went in there, and I was talking to him again. And um, he said, uh, he said, uh, you know, uh, are you interested at all coming to uh, the villages? And I said, yeah, yeah, I might do that. He said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll send my plane up to Dayton, pick you up, bring you and your wife down to uh, the villages, see if you like it and so forth, and uh, we'll talk a little bit. And then um, you go back home for a couple weeks. He says, uh, then I'll send my jet back up there, pick you up, and bring you down. <laughs> and I'm going to take you on my 120-foot yacht out to the Abacos, and then we'll talk there, and that's uh, that's how I got involved in the villages. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so, so that's a pretty good story. So you know, we had a great time at the villages for three years. Uh huh. And uh, after three years, I wasn't uh, I wasn't on the tour anymore. So uh, that's when uh, that's when we left the villages and went down to Port St. Lucie, the PGA courses there, and then. You know, I had uh, a bunch of <clears throat> a bunch of friends down there that we played with. We had like thirty retired pros. We played three times a week. Walker Inman was one of them. Okay. I played a lot of golf with Walker Inman down there in Florida for eighteen years, and uh, so that's how we spent the time down there. We were there for you know twenty years, and then uh, just came back here this year. So uh, <clears throat> so it's been you know it's been really a really uh, a good good career I've enjoyed it over the years uh, uh, I've had some you know nice things happen uh, uh, and I guess you wrote the article the other day about uh, the guy that beat me on the course record at Moraine oh yeah yeah uh, yeah I actually had two 64s there at Moraine you know I wonder about those course records uh, yeah. in fact this this latest one, uh, where uh, the kid played uh, nine holes with his sister and then somebody else came and played with him. And uh, some people are very strict about course records. There's a, there's, a, there's a competitive course record, which is set one in a tournament. And then uh, yeah, there yeah, mine could be certain yeah. stipulations. Yeah, mine weren't, compet- mine, were, mine weren't competitive. Matter of fact, one of them was when I was playing with my dad there. We had, you know, foursomes when I shot the two sixes But interesting uh, course record. I, I got a couple more. Uh, I think it's been broken. But 19, in 1967, I shot 65 at Camargo Country Club. Steve might remember this. Uh, and the record that I beat was the Bobby Jones. <laughs> For heaven's sake! Yeah. And what what was your score? Sixty-five. Uh, pardon me, sixty-four. Sixty-four. I'll be done. Yeah, the first time I ever saw the golf course, I shot sixty-four with a bogey, and that was a course record. And obviously, they wouldn't put my card up in the clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I think that's been broken, but uh, I'm not sure. Then the other course record, which is really interesting, is they used to have a U.S. Pro-Am at the Santa Bell Country, Country Club back in the early 60s. 
and I played with uh, Andy Algatis as my partner. And Jack Nicholas, that was a year before he turned pro. Jack, it was in 1961. Jack played with uh, uh, Kepler. Okay, Bob Kepler. Yeah, sure. golf coach up in Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And the first round, I shot 63 with a bogey, which was the course record. And to my knowledge, it's still a course record. And that day... Uh, uh, my 63 beat uh, Jack Nicholas's and uh, Kepler's best ball. <laughs> For heaven's sake. <laughs> so, so those were, I, I thought, pretty interesting uh, course records. And, you know, whether any of them still stand or not, I really don't know. <laughs> uh, Kepler was from Dayton, wasn't he? Yeah, well, Kepler, yeah Kepler yeah. actually uh, grew up playing at Community. Yeah. Oh, he did. Huh? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, that I had, uh, I had uh, down at the PGA course at the Die. I'm sure Steve's played down there. Sure. I shot, uh, I've had uh, uh, 463s and uh, 864s. Nice. At those courses down there and so forth. So, you know, I thought that was pretty neat. You well, know, and, uh, and I'm in the, uh, you know, I got inducted, uh, which you probably know this, Bucky, back in uh, the Hall of Fame, Dayton Amateur Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. A number of years ago, and then also in the, in the Fairmont uh, High School Hall of Fame. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You know, so... Uh, yeah, when, 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 you, when you played in the, in the state tournament, that was the beginning of a big run for Fairmont, which had about a 10-year period where they were right in it every year. Yeah, well, Mike, you know, Mike's team, uh, my brother Mike's team actually won his senior year. They, they won the T championship at, uh, mm-hmm. at the high state. Our, we would have won it every year, even with Nicholas playing. But we 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 came in second, third, and third as a team. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we didn't win it all three years is our fourth man shot in the nineties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have won it every year. We had we had a great team. You know, Tim Schwab played on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim was a good player, and Bill Ireland and Doug Hall, and whatever. We had some good players. Mm-hmm. Well, so, gents. Uh, we should probably you know, we, we we don't have to start stop our conversation, but I do need to bring the podcast to a close. So I'd like to thank you both for uh, being with us today, and, um, okay. uh, and 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 thanks again. Okay, thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. For more information, be sure to visit MiamiValleyGolf.org.